for you kids out there watching. You have a tribe that is waiting for you. Come on to Mama Roo. Have you ever had a sexual experience with a woman? Do you think maybe you just haven't given women a fair try? <laughs> a number of people would say that she was trying to work out issues in her own marriage. Later, of course, we learned that Jim was rumored to have same-sex liaisons. And indeed, in the movie, you get that hint pretty strongly. I was not expecting that. To this way out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine, I'm Greg Gordon. Go get married in two more Mexican states. Pride marchers have mixed results in Odessa, Kiev, and Belgrade. And Tammy Faye's eyes look the other way. Those stories and more this week because you've discovered This Way Out. I'm M.R. Raquel. And I'm Marcos Najera. With News Wrap, a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending September 25th, 2021. Marriage equality came to two more Mexican states this week. In Querétaro, it was a surprise. The unexpected September 22nd vote was held behind closed doors with online coverage of the session cut according to reports. The exact tally is uncertain, 20 or 21 lawmakers in favor and three or four against. Two or three apparently left the legislative chamber without voting. Querétaro is one of the country's smallest states and is located in north-central Mexico. In Sonora, marriage equality passed the state Congress the following day by a vote of 26 to 7. Sonora borders the southwest U.S. state of Arizona. Querétaro and Sonora became Mexico's 22nd and 23rd states to open civil marriage to same-gender couples. The federal district of Mexico City became the nation's first marriage equality jurisdiction in December 2009. In 2015, Mexico's Supreme Court of Justice for the Nation ruled that state bans on same-gender marriage were unconstitutional. The court had no power to force compliance, however, so equality must be won state by state. In Mexico's eight remaining marriage inequality states, queer couples can still legally wed. They just have to hire costly legal help and get final approval from a federal judge. That amparo cannot be refused because of the Supreme Court ruling. On the other hand, a pair of Central American presidents has trashed marriage equality. Honduran President Juan Orlando Hernandez proclaimed it a bicentennial celebration in Tegucigalpa on September 15th. According to our Constitution, the family, marriage, motherhood, and childhood are protected against all their dangers, such as marriage between persons of the same sex, which is promoted by some not respecting life and wanting to install in schools that our children receive anti-values concepts such as the ideology of gender that seeks to ignore how God brings a boy and a girl into the world. In January, Congress inserted a marriage equality ban into the Honduran Constitution that requires a 75% majority to overturn. Activists responded with a lawsuit against the Superman in February. 
President Nayib Bukele of El Salvador firmly rejected marriage equality, euthanasia, and abortion decriminalization from the constitutional reform proposals his government plans to send to Congress. In a September 17th Facebook posting laced with capitalized emphasis, he wrote that, I have decided to dispel any doubt not to propose any kind of reform to any items related to the right to life from the moment of conception to marriage, keeping only the original design, a man and a woman, or to euthanasia. Honduras and El Salvador are both members of the Organization of American States and subject to its judicial arm, the Inter-American Court of Human Rights. In January 2018, the court ordered all members to open civil marriage to same-gender couples if they had not already done so. However, it's a ruling with no real enforcement provisions. Recent pride celebrations in Ukraine yielded the tale of two cities. The southwestern seaport city of Odessa saw ultra-nationalist neo-Nazis clash with law enforcement after the August 28th LGBTQ pride march. About 100 queers were outnumbered two or three to one by numbers of the far-right group Tradition and Order. Police officers kept the two groups separated along the route and at the post-march rally. When pride-goers eventually boarded buses to leave the area, the right-wing thugs threw their tear gas canisters at the police. It turned into a melee that injured almost 30 officers and resulted in more than 50 arrests on charges ranging from violence against police to rioting and hooliganism. This year's Odessa Pride was still an improvement over 2020. Then the cops just stood by as anti-queer protesters assaulted marchers with eggs and tear gas. It was different in the Ukrainian capital of Kiev. Organizers of the 10th Pride celebration there said that about 7,000 attended the Equality March on September 19th. Police guarded participants from a few hundred homophobes protesting nearby, but no violence was reported. The Eastern European nation's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, met with U.S. President Joe Biden in late August. Afterwards, Zelensky promised to advance LGBTQ equality, but it'll be an uphill battle. Ukraine's Eastern Orthodox Church wields considerable political power, and cultural homophobia is firmly embedded in the society. Yet another LGBTQ pride tale unfolded in the Serbian capital of Belgrade on September 18th. Queers went gaga at their annual march. Meanwhile, police kept the far-right protesters away and let them burn rainbow flags in a cordoned-off area. Lesbian Prime Minister Anna Brunabic did not attend this year's festivities. She's facing increased fire for failing to advance LGBTQ rights during her tenure. Serbian law does not recognize same-gender couples, but she and her wife were allowed to adopt a child. Marchers demanded that all Serbian queer couples should at least be eligible for registered partnerships. This week's meeting of the United Nations General Assembly in New York heard two presidents outline very different agendas. Brazil's President Jair Bolsonaro pushed family values and his highly selective brand of religious freedom during his remarks. Verdade. Liberty is humankind's greatest asset. I call upon the entire international community to protect religious liberty and fight Christophobia. Brazil is a Christian and conservative country and has family as its foundation. May God bless us all. Thank you very much.
Bolsonaro was followed by U.S. President Joe Biden, who delivered his first U.N. remarks in office. As we pursue diplomacy across the board, the United States will champion the democratic values that go to the very heart of who we are as a nation and a people. Freedom, equality, opportunity, and a belief in the universal rights of all people. We all must defend the rights of LGBTQI individuals so they can live and love openly without fear, whether it's Chechnya or Cameroon or anywhere. That was U.S. President Joe Biden. Finally, lots of nominated LGBTQ artists were holding their breaths as the Primetime Emmy Awards were handed out on September 19th in Los Angeles. Out actors Samira Wiley of The Handmaid's Tale, Bowen Yang and Kate McKinnon of Saturday Night Live, and Hannah Einbinder and Carl Clemens Hopkins of Hacks were all waiting. Each came away empty-handed. The third and final season of Pose had nine nominations, including Outstanding Drama Series. There was a historic nod to MJ Rodriguez, the Television Academy's first transgender actor to be nominated for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series. Billy Porter scored a nomination for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Drama Series. In the end, Pose was 0 for 9. Out actor Jonathan Groff was part of Disney Plus's Hamilton cast, which won the Emmy for Best Variety Special. The only other queer winner of the evening was a record breaker. RuPaul added Outstanding Competition Series at the Primetime Emmys this week to the two Creative Arts Emmys he claimed last week for Outstanding Host of a Reality or Competition Program for RuPaul's Drag Race and Outstanding Unstructured Reality Program for RuPaul's Drag Race Untucked. That puts him ahead of cinematographer Donald A. Morgan with 11 Primetime Emmys as a person of color. RuPaul used his acceptance speech to give a primetime shout-out to queer youth. Well, thank you so much to the Academy and all of you gorgeous people here tonight, all of the people at World of Wonder, our friends at World of Wonder and uh, Viacom CBS, who have been so wonderful. But really, thanks to all of our lovely children on our show from around the world. You know... They are so gracious to tell their stories of courage and how to navigate this difficult life, even more difficult today. This is for you and for you kids out there watching. Uh, you have a tribe that is waiting for you. We are waiting for you, baby. Come on to Mama Roo. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. You better work, Mama Roo. You go, girl. Congratulations. That's News Wrap, global queer news with attitude for the week ending September 25th, 2021. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappelle, produced by Brian DeShazer, and brought to you by you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. And you can read the transcript and listen to News Wrap each week by subscribing to our This Way Out radio channel on YouTube. For This Way Out, I'm Marcos Najera. Stay healthy. And I'm MR Raquel. Stay safe. This just in from Geneva. Almost two-thirds of Swiss voters said yes to the Marriage for All referendum on September 26th. They affirmed legislation passed by the parliament in December 2020. 
Conservative opponents succeeded in bringing the measure to the ballot, but they were overwhelmed by popular support for marriage equality. The eight-year struggle by LGBTQ activists will finally come to fruition when the first gay and lesbian wedding bells ring, probably on July 1st, 2022. I found out about the film from Jay Baker, their son, who told me, you know, Jessica Chastain is making this movie and she's playing Tammy Faye and your interview is central to the movie. We'll hear more about a new movie and the gay minister who changed evangelical hearts after news of another conservative's change of heart. Republican Representative Liz Cheney of Wyoming already has a bad name in pro-Trump circles. Topping the reasons is her participation in the House investigation into the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. The daughter of former Vice President Dick Cheney made a surprising revelation to Leslie Stahl on CBS's 60 Minutes this week that probably made matters worse for the embattled lawmaker, or better, depending on one's point of view. Your sister's gay, she's married, she has children, and in 2013, you came out against same-sex marriage, while your father went the other way. And it was looked upon as courageous when he did that. How do you defend what you did? I was wrong. Um, I was wrong. Uh, I love my sister very much. Uh, I uh, yeah, love uh, her family very much. Uh, and, uh, and, and I was wrong. It's a, it's a very personal issue uh, and very personal for my family. I uh, believe that my dad was right. And my sister and I have had that conversation. Well, I was not expecting that. This, this is an issue that um, we have to recognize, uh, you know, as, as human beings, that we need to work against discrimination uh, of all kinds uh, in our country, in our state. We were at, at an event a few nights ago, and, and uh, there was a young uh, woman who said she doesn't feel safe uh, sometimes uh, because she's transgender, and nobody should feel unsafe. Freedom means freedom for everybody. That was another unexpected moment with U.S. Representative Liz Cheney. This is an emotional interview for me. I just met Stephen. It's like meeting him in person right here. It's, uh, I want to put my arm around you. <laughs> oh, well, my arms are around you. I want to put my arm around you. And I want to put my arms around you, Tammy Faye. Uh. That was a taste of the real-life version and the movie reenactment of the event that hooked Oscar-nominated actress Jessica Chastain, as she told Stephen Colbert on CBS's The Late Show. In 1985, I mean, the, the AIDS epidemic was killing, you know, communities of people and destroying families. And uh, she really wrapped her arms around the LGBTQ um, audience right at the time when uh, conservative evangelicals were turning their backs on them. I mean, the government wouldn't even talk about AIDS. She brought Steve Peters on her show and not only, she t basically talked to her audience and said, 
if you're, you know, we need to love through anything as moms and dads. So if someone comes out to you, we as Christians love through anything. And that's the way with Jesus. And then she also said Christians are the salt of the earth and need to throw their arms around an AIDS patient and tell them that we love them and that we care. I mean, it was radical in that time when you have someone like Jerry Falwell saying that, um, you know, homosexuality is a cancer that's, you know, um, destroying this country. To have this woman go against that kind of authority is awesome. So Chastain was inspired to make The Eyes of Tammy Faye and Reverend Steve Peters of Metropolitan Community Church found himself in a major feature film. Steve and This Way Out's Lucia Chappelle are old friends and in part one of their chat they recall the often hilarious circumstances around his original interview with Tammy Faye on the Praise the Lord Network. In the conclusion of their conversation, they talk about the significance of the experience then and how he got involved in promoting the new movie. Tell us about how they approached you. They didn't approach me. Jessica Chastain, who plays Tammy Faye and is an executive producer of the movie, did a lot of research on Tammy Faye. She she took nine or 10 years bringing this project to fruition and watched a lot of videos. And she told me that it was my interview with Tammy Faye that persuaded her to do the film. She made the decision to do the film when she saw how loving and caring and affirming Tammy Faye was with me. The reason she was able to find it is because of YouTube. The original, my original interview with Tammy Faye is on YouTube and has been for a number of years. So I learned about it from Jim and Tammy's son, Jay Baker, who found me on Instagram at the beginning of 20, at the end of 2019, the beginning of 2020. And he wanted to interview me on his podcast, Loosen the Bible Belt, because he told me about on air that my interview changed not only Tammy, but him and the entire Baker family, because she started taking uh, him at age 10 and his sister to MCCs and to other LGBT affirming churches. She started taking them to LGBT pride parades. She started taking them to hospitals and hospices to visit people with AIDS. And she suddenly understood herself as having an affinity for the LGBT community. And she, in later years, she talked about how after that interview, she began to realize that she had a home among the LGBT community. And she, when, when everything fell apart on PTL and for the Bakers, she often said that it was the LGBT community that saved her. Saved uh, her in what way? I mean, saved her in terms of, of helping her to survive all that happened. I've since heard from a number of gay men who were her friends in the 90s. And they told me that they really were the ones who took care of her. And then as she got sick, she suffered from um, cancer for 10 years before she died from it. And they were there for her. The, the gay men in Palm Springs particularly were there for her, but all over, everywhere she went, she found the gay community and, and was more comfortable with them than with a lot of other people. And you know, it's, it is so funny because on the one hand, you've got this person who, 
dresses like a Cupid doll. And wears outrageous makeup. And is such a stage personality in that way, so much like a drag queen. Exactly. So much like a drag queen. And so while the opposites were so strong, opposites so often clash together. Yeah. And you find out they're the same thing. Yeah. Maybe some homophobia is rooted in that sense of affinity. Yes, absolutely. I, I have often been told by reliable sources that the way she questioned me in that interview about what made me think I had to be gay, what made me think there was no hope for me to be straight. What did you feel when you were, when you were kissing a woman? Did you not feel anything? Have you ever had a sexual experience with a woman? Do you think maybe you just haven't given women a fair, fair try? <laughs> a number of people who are in the know would say that she was trying to work out issues in her own marriage when she was asking me that. Because later, of course, we learned that Jim uh, was rumored to have same-sex liaisons. And indeed, in the movie, you get that hint pretty strongly. <laughs> and that's why, you know, and I've said this to you before, the reason the interview worked, again, now, okay, let's set this up. We are still laughing. Oh, oh, oh and before the interview, I, I, you know, it got word got out that I was going to do it. And I remember hearing from people I respected that I shouldn't do the interview because it would make a fool of me and it would ruin my reputation to be on her show and to, you know, to have a conversation with her about all this. Participate and was, in support and, and encourage this in a way that it would be a affirmation, speaking so of exactly. and affirming. Yeah. When I came home from the interview, you came over and we fell apart again. And I told you, oh my God, I did such a terrible job. I wish I'd said this and I hadn't said that. I wish I'd put this better. And, you know, and I wish she hadn't asked me about this. And then, oh my God, it was just terrible. I'm so glad nobody I know will ever see it. And it just kept reverberating through the years until this film happened. More with Steve Peters, Lucia Chappelle, and the eyes of Tammy Faye. After this. Good news, good news, ain't that good news? Are you signed up for our new e-newsletter, Inside This Way Out? We send them out every few weeks, briefly reviewing recent and previewing upcoming programming and deepening the conversation about your favorite international LGBTQ radio show. All you have to do is email us at info at thiswayout.org. And be assured that we don't share or sell your email address or anything about you to anyone else, and we never will. Now, the real Steve Peters tells Lucia Chappelle how he became part of the entourage of the eyes of Tammy Faye. I found out about the film from Jay, from Jay Baker, their son, who told me, uh, you know, Jessica Chastain is making this movie and she's playing Tammy Faye and your interview is central to the movie. And, and I don't know that it's central to the movie, but it is a turning point in the movie. And I thought, I wonder if they know I'm still alive, you know. So I wrote to the studio and the publicist for the film, Melissa Holloway, 
wrote me back and said, we're delighted to hear from you. And I said, hey, I'm still alive, you know, <laughs> and uh, here I am. And it developed from there. And so you've been really part of the publicity for the film now. Right. I've been doing a lot of interviews and I, the studio is flying me to New York City for the red carpet premiere. Wow. Uh, November 14th. And then I'm going to walk the red carpet with Jessica Chastain and Andrew Garfield and Vincent D'Onofrio and Jerry Jones and Randy Havens, who plays me. Randy, for those of you who may not know, Randy Havens is a regular on Stranger Things. Uh, it's the Netflix TV series. And he plays Mr. Clark, the science teacher and audiovisual teacher. He was also in one of the Godzilla movies. And it was kind of surreal to see somebody saying my exact words, an actor playing me, talking to Jessica Chastain playing Danny Faye. And then at the end, they have a where are they now section. And they have Tammy Faye died in you know 2007, and, and uh, Jerry Falwell died in 2004, and and Jim Baker went to prison for X number of years, and and Steve Peters, the person with AIDS. I mean, they don't say the person with AIDS, but Steve Peters is singing with the Gay Men's Chorus of Los Angeles, and they have this huge picture of me up on the screen, the real me, and <laughs> it's like, oh my God, I'm in a movie. Jeez, it is just too bizarre. It is wonderful and bizarre. Who would have? Who thought? would have thought? Who would have thought? If if I told you back then in '85, well, I think that this is going to be a groundbreaking historic interview that will eventually be part of a feature film about Tammy Faye and Jim Baker. You know, you probably would have looked at me like, "What have you been smoking?" You know, <laughs> and it, that's that's the magic of it. It's, it's like you were saying, it's the magic of coming out. <laughs> Another time where, you know, the queer in the woodpile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Makes, makes the difference, you know, whether we, when we are acknowledged and when we are not. Yeah. Something about our presence can be transformative. Transformative, exactly. I, putting a human face on it. I mean, Harvey Milk in the 70s, that was his rallying cry was yes. come out. Yes. Come out to your postal deliverer, come out to your grocery clerks, come out to your parents, come out to your children, come out to your minister and to your, you know, everybody. And when we put a human face on being LGBTQ and then on having AIDS, it changes people people have to stop and think, oh my God, this is somebody's child. This is somebody's parent, you know, or brother or sister or whatever, but this is a human being. Mm -hmm. and, and if you have any sensitivity at all, it makes you stop and think, and it can be transformative. That was Steve Peters in conversation with our Lucia Chappell about The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which is out now. You can find Steve's original interview with Tammy Faye Baker on YouTube. The complete interview with Steve and Lucia will be available soon on the This Way Out radio channel on YouTube.
Thanks for finding This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. Some program materials this week came from M.R. Raquel and Marcos Nahara, produced by Brian DeShazer and from Lucia Chappell. The Guess Who, the Little River Band, and Sam Cooke performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson composed and performed our theme music. This way out thanks the Kicking Assets Fund of the Tides Foundation, the Ivana Foundation, a bequest from Christopher David Trentham, and donors Christopher Matthews and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email tworadio at aol.com, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078-USA. For associate producer Lucia Chappell and all of us at This Way Out, I'm Greg Gordon. Thanks for listening online at thiswayout.org and on KCEI Taos, New Mexico, Chiampa Radio, Tampa, Florida, 5UV, Adelaide, South Australia, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned.